Welcome to the Cougar Insider Podcast. In this edition, we're going to be talking to the most important things as camp opens. We're going to single out some of the most important players. Who's the X factor? Who's going to be the biggest surprise? What are some of the biggest keys to this schedule? And what about this BYU-Utah game in the opener? Who's going to win? We'll break it down in this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insider Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, columns for the Deseret News. Good to be back along with beat writers Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. We're talking BYU sports. And guys, camp starts this week. Starts on Wednesday. Uh, BYU's uh, got a tremendous challenge ahead of them. Uh, Let's let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of this football season. Camp begins. uh, If you had to pick one thing that the Cougars must do well to be successful, what would it be? Now, you guys get to pick one thing, but I'm going to throw out a whole bunch right now. What do they need to do well? Coach better? Finish games better, like at Boise State? Utah. Execute better? Beat Utah better, or at least at all? How about just avoiding injuries? Because that it devastated them in that Utah game and right before. And then, you know, the use of personnel. What must they do? One thing, if you were to list one thing, Jeff, call that they've got to do better this year, what would it be? Well, I think it always, when you're talking about BYU football, it kind of always goes back to quarterback play. They've got to have production at that position, leadership at that position, moxie at that position. Uh, you know, bears out that when they've got solid quarterback play, that uh, they're going to be pretty good. And in conjunction with that, I would say... I mean, it's not all the quarterback, of course, but uh, they've got to find the playmakers. And we know that BYU does have some playmakers, but there are some questions about, you look at some of the playmakers they're counting on, they're coming off injuries. you got Matt Bushman, you got Leva Hifo, you got Moroni Laulu-Pututau. I mean, these are guys that are certainly proven, but... We haven't seen them play for quite a while. We don't know exactly how, you know, when they start fall camp on Wednesday, what condition they're going to be. And Zach Wilson as well, for that matter, with his uh, surgically repaired shoulder. So here we go. We're just, you know, we're starting this new season and there's these question marks already about what are these guys going to look like? Are they ready to go? Are they going to kind of ease into it? Are they ready right now? We just don't know. I I totally agree with you on your number one thing. And the thing we're asking to do is to give one thing and that's the quarterback play. Without quarterback play at BYU, they're very average. And they have been for a long, long time. Brandon Gurney, one thing. I'm going to say a pass rush. Um, It's one thing that's been lacking with with BYU teams in recent years and it's something that needs to come about when you look at the 4-3 defense that's being being instituted. you got to have good pass rushers. you got to have really good line play. Zach Doss appears to be a guy to keep your eye on, That a guy, guy that can do it. I'd like to see BYU have at least two really uh, productive edge pass rushers, but just the ability to get to a quarterback with a four-man rush, I think could could be the next step this defense has to take. Because you look at the position groups, it looks like to be a solid defense, but I'm not convinced of the pass rush. The ability to just get to a quarterback and disrupt things on a down-to-down basis, I, I think it was a problem last year. I think it's been a problem problem for, for several years, and, and we'll see if that's uh, fixed this year. You know, I, that leads us into the next question, and that is, what is one big area of concern? And, you know, they lose Corbin Kafusi and Sione Takitaki, two very talented pass rushers and presser givers and playmakers uh, on the defensive line. Middle linebacker is going to be a real area of concern. Uh, I don't know if it's an area of concern to me, but I think that the offensive line must be improved. They're experienced, they're big, they're strong, they're well coached, I believe, but the offensive line, I don't think it's an area of concern, but it has to be a strength of this team. Jeff Call, what's your area of concern? I'd have to say depth. Uh, I think depth is improved over the 
course the last few years, but it's still a question mark in my mind because once the you know if injuries hit and we've seen so many injuries on both sides of the ball at BYU, uh, do they have the depth that can keep up with the kind of schedule that they have? I'd agree with you. You look at that Utah game. BYU was ahead what twenty seven to seven was it? Yeah, late third and, quarter. And then yeah. who, who are the who are the guys that went down? You had uh, Isaiah Kafusi. Isaiah Kafusi went down. Corbin Kafusi was playing injured, and finally he couldn't go. And then Pat Hadley went down, and he was the four string running back. Yeah, and he was the one guy that could. He was gaining yards against that Ute defense. And they didn't have a lot of answers after that, and they played conservative, and it caught up with them. Brandon Gurney, your big area concern with this football team, other than what you just mentioned, pressure, pressure, pressure. I wanted to say punter, but I'm I'm not going to go punter just because I don't want to talk about the punting situation. But seriously, who's who's, who's punting the football? Yeah, it's a good question. It, it, uh, I, to me, that's a massive concern, uh, probably underrated concern. But but I'm going to go wide receiver. Um, just look at that first game. We know what Utah's going to do. We we know they're going to, to just be very physical with the wideouts. They have two very good cornerbacks coming back. Can BYU win individual battles on the outside in that first game, which is massively important against Utah? I mean, we stated every year, but my goodness, is that a, a huge game? It's just going to set the tone for a lot of things. And, and can BYU win outside battles against the University of Utah? They're going to single cover these guys. None of these guys weren't a double team as of now. I, it'd be great if Utah had to make an adjustment to shade one of the guys, but who is that guy? Gunnar Romney would be the obvious choice, but we haven't seen it. So you want to see that develop where, man, these guys can win some battles on the outside. You know, that brings us to the next question. What is the biggest X factor, a position, person, or some uh, whatever? And you mentioned that battle going on with Utah with the wide receivers, but I would answer that by the X factor being with BYU is the tight ends. Because if you match up with a team like Utah, which can shut down your receivers, hold them, grab them, knock them off their routes and that, you've got to come up with another answer. One of those answers is a running attack to make them pay. And another one is these tight ends have got to be big time playmakers. Uh, Matt Bushman, uh, uh, Moroni Lolopototau, and some of the other young ones have to come out and take mismatches with their size against safeties and make them pay. You look back at the big BYU games with Utah that have come up with wins in the last couple of them. You look at that last game in overtime here in uh, BYU Stadium. Uh, you had uh, Dennis Pitta and a- Andrew George. Andrew George and yeah. Andrew George caught that uh, touchdown pass against one of their best linebackers, took it to the house in overtime. You go back to Johnny Harline and John Beck. I mean, it's been the tight ends that have made them pay for the coverage that they have. So I say the biggest X factor, if the quarterback's okay, is going to be the tight end play because they have to be executing big play personnel. Jeff Gall, your X factor. Well, I'd say... You know, these, these are two guys we've talked a lot about but haven't seen, obviously, in a BYU uniform, but uh, the running backs, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Zupa. I mean, I, those guys, I mean, they look the part of running backs that can make an impact. They've been here for a while in Provo working out and getting to know the guys and the offense and everything like that. And I think those guys, along with Lapini Katoa and some of the running backs, I mean, they've got a lot of depth. They've got a lot of options in the backfield. And if we're talking about uh, Utah, I mean, they're going to have to run the ball against Utah. They're going to have to do that. And I think there's some hope that these guys, some combination of these guys, will be able to be successful on the ground. Brandon Gurney. Your X factor as far as this goes. I've covered the program since 2003, and I don't think I've ever set, mentioned this group as an X factor or maybe an underrated group that people are on. I, li- I really like the cornerbacks. I think this is a really good group of cornerbacks can, that can make a lot of waves. I think D'Angelo Mandel is probably the, the lead guy in this group. You, you saw a really good close to the season from him last year. I think he's just going to continue upon that point. Got, another guy I really like is Isaiah Heron, a guy that was sh- showing really well until he got hurt and what really wasn't able to play th- throughout much of the year. I think he 
he's he has a lot of potential. And Dimitri Gallo, uh, the, the JC guy, how often is it that BYU brings in a JC guy and it's just like, oh, that's gravy. They don't really need that guy. Um, never. <laughs> but 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 this guy, uh, I mean, Ed Lamb, sure, sure, man, he gave a great review of this guy. And Eric Ellison, there's some question whether he's going to be able to, to join immediately. But Dimitri Gallo seems to be ready to go. I really like the cornerbacks. I, I think these guys I like will. That. I like that. And, and I think a really important sign for this defense going forward is where's Diane Gonwaluku going to play? I think it's going to be a really positive sign if it's like, yeah, he's playing safety. And we see him playing safety for the majority of the time. That's going to indicate to me that the cornerbacks really are stepping up again. And where they don't need him to move where Dion can play uh, where where they believe he will translate best to the next level, which is that safety. He, he is kind of a, a a guy, a journeyman of of all trades. He's the best tackler probably, best cover guy, uh, probably best guy with the ball in the air and making an interception. We've seen him do that time and time again. So I, I would agree with that. What other players are going to be key? Let me, let, me, let me introduce this question first of all and throw it to you, Brandon Gurney. We talk about other players, and, and Jeff brought this up, but I think it was last spring when they were recruiting these uh, – these senior transfers. I think that you made uh, a mention um, in cyberspace, you know, and it's going to be hard to get them in. This is going to be a real challenge for them at BYU as a program for a myriad of reasons. BYU has been reluctant to admit certain type of uh, athletes into their program and a one-year type here come and go in their graduate programs. You've got a lot of academic types. They're saying, no, we're not going to explode up our percentages and our things to let a guy in for just one semester to play football. So you were right in saying that, but what had happened is they got not only one from South Carolina, but they got another guy from Rice University, and both of them looked to be pretty well legit. I would say that other players that are important to what happened is really the turn of this thing in admissions to let these guys in. That, that to me, is a big milestone in the battle that BYU is fighting, Kalani and his staff is fighting, and we can't let that just go without mentioning it. That's significant that these two guys came in at a position that they were kind of devastated at. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at Tyson Williams' film. How can you not be excited about that? Not a lot of film, but but you, you look at his skill set and what he's able to do. It, it's an exciting thing. And I think the guy that everyone's might be overlooking is Lapini Katoa. He's still there. He's only a sophomore. He's making that jump. He's a guy that proved really effective when he was in there last year. He's going to get better. And and I thought an interesting comment from uh, AJ Stewart, the running backs coach, was he believes that because of Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa pushing Lapini, he it's going to push Lapini to. Have his best season yet where he's 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 ready to break out and he's probably got a little bit more pop than those other guys they're they're not bad and they're pretty quick Mm -hmm. and they're strong but he's got a little bit more agility with his hips and his steps jeff call your other players that are important and can really contribute big time well this won't be a surprise but uh, kairos tonga i mean this guy has been uh in the program for a few years and we've seen kind of ebbs and flows with this game i think now he's at a point where he's really going to make a huge impact i mean this is definitely an NFL caliber guy and now this is his chance in his year to really show that and I'm looking forward to seeing how he how he does this year I mean he's got uh quickness he's got speed he's or quickness and strength he's got for his size i mean i think he moves really well and has a really cha- good chance of making an impact and uh we're gonna be seeing that i think game one it's gonna he's gonna show what he can do against uh utah utah's offensive line i think that's a i think that's not one of utah's strengths and i'm gonna be curious to see how he 
how he fares against that uh, O-line. Let's, let's turn to breaking down this schedule, which is formidable in September. Maybe the toughest that I can remember in 43, 44 years of covering BYU football. I remember back when Gary Croton uh, took on Southern Cal and, uh, you know, they played here in Provo and uh, they had a certain running back that was awful good, awfully good, but that was a tough, tough schedule. And I think they won only four games that year, but uh, this schedule is very formidable. Let's just break it down, starting off with Utah, Jeff Cole. Wow. Well, I mean, we've never seen this before. BYU and Utah starting off a season against each other. It's a completely new dynamic. And there's so much riding on that game, I mean, for both teams. I mean, Utah's the favorite to win the Pac-12. They're going to be nationally ranked going into the season. You know, Utah obviously wants to take that game as a springboard for the rest of their season. And for BYU, they got the eight-game losing streak. BYU needs a win against Utah from, you know, just uh, from a fan standpoint, from the program standpoint. I mean, it's been such a monkey on their back for so long. They need to win that. And I think that game is going to have a some sort of carryover effect one way or another to those next three, I think. I, think, next week is- I think you're right. And, uh, you know, let's get your take on this, uh, Brandon Gurney. Usually Utah has opened up against a, a divisional or, or a fold that they can kind of take apart a little bit as they get their feet on uh, underneath them. They, Northern Arizona, Southern Utah, Amon. Uh, Montana, one of the Montanas, Western, Eastern, Northern, Southern, whatever. But that's usually been the formula that they've taken on, not one of the rivals in an opener. And uh, that makes an interesting stage for that first game. It, there's a lot of interesting things in play uh, going into this game. I, I think first and foremost, if you buy the narrative that Utah was sleeping on BYU last year, which that, there's justification to believe that. Of course, the Utah media and fans won't want everyone to believe that. But um, they're not going to be sleeping on this one, no. <laughs> um, but... But also... With this being Andy Ludwig's first game as an offensive coordinator, when have you seen a new offensive coordinator with an offense just hit the ground running? Not um, very often. F- first game, and I think BYU has a good defense, so I think there's a lot of question marks with Utah's team that, I mean, all we've heard is just, oh, Utah, man, they're they're ready to take the next level and all that. They they lost some pretty good players off that team last year, and uh, obviously they return a lot of guys. They're going to be formidable. I'm not saying that at all, but I, I think there's a lot of interesting things in play, and one thing we do know about that game is it never goes like anyone anticipates but as far as these first four games of the year i think the real interesting dynamic is that three of them are at home and, and the inclination is like yeah that's going to help but byu hasn't been really good at home in recent years so, so you want to see byu use that to its advantage where where that that is an advantage playing these three teams at home usc utah and, and washington where that can be something that's going to give them an advantage and we'll see if that comes to pass they certainly do let's lump the rest of september together jeff call you and i will be going to uh, nyland stadium in knoxville tennessee the uh, heart of Southeast Conference uh, territory, a team that has struggled at times, but has really, uh, I think, come on and will be a tremendous challenge for BYU to go on the road and to win there after Utah, win or lose. I think if BYU beats Utah, coming off a high, that could be a problem. And if they lose to Utah and is down and dragging, that could be a problem. So Tennessee is going to be a big problem for BYU no matter how you paint it. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, you know, that hasn't been the Tennessee they were like in the 90s and 80s, but they've got talent. They've got tons of talent. Um, the Southeast Conference team, obviously, and yeah, that's that's going to be a formidable experience playing against what is that stadium seat? One hundred and seven or something thousand? Yeah, it's it's a tremendous stadium. I mean, just uh, orange everywhere. Um, you know, it's going to be quite an experience, and that, that's why I always look at that game. Is that you know you kind of you can't just look at that game separately. You got to look at the context of the Utah game, and who knows how that's going to play out uh, one way or another. Bubba's and the Marianne's and in, in cut off <laughs> jeans in the parking lot. Uh, the next week they'll be. 
BYU, of course, hosts Southern Cal. Let's hit these two at the same time, Southern Cal and Washington. Southern Cal maybe not what they've been in the past, but still at Southern Cal, they get some of the best talent in the country. They just suck the life out of recruiting in uh, the West Coast, and they've done that. They've continued to do that. They have done that. They've taken BYU, LDS, Mormon kids. They've taken whoever they want. When they want them, they can usually get them. I don't know, Brandon Gurney, this this stretch here with Washington Southern Cal, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Washington lost a lot as well, but you look at a team, BYU didn't even look like it belonged on the same field as Washington. It was just an embarrassing loss, let's be honest. They were never in that game. I, it, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And uh, just prognosticating that, that BYU is going to be able to turn it around so much in, in a degree where they can actually win the game might be a hard thing to come by. Washington has a lot of guys to replace, but one thing they don't have to replace is an offensive line, and that's absolutely going to be a strength for Washington. And I don't know, that's going to be a tough haul. And it's so interesting to me when you look at these first four games, and I think, yes, most people, where's the most likely win? USC? Really? Is that how far USC's fallen? I mean, would you guys disagree with that? Those first four games, USC looks like the most likely win. That's, that's where I'm at. And, and where USC's at is just amazing to me. With the talent they're able to get and, and to be where USC's at, but it's also kind of scary because they still have that talent and maybe they can get it get together. So just a fascinating first four games. Then, you know, Jeff called. they hit another stretch in October that really is interesting because Toledo is a team that they could lose to very easily on the road. Big and, time trap and, game. And then you got to go up to Logan and you got to play Utah State, a team that just kind of kicked your butt. And then, then you play Boise State, a team that you haven't had much success with. Uh, you know, I'm getting this out of order. It's Toledo and then it's... Um, South Florida. South Florida. That one is probably dual, but, but that still South Florida is far more better than a lot of people. Well, yeah, and, and BYU has never won a game in the state of Florida over 40 whatever years it's been I mean that's just kind of how it is I remember the last time BYU well not the last time but one of the regular last regular season game in Florida was Central Florida and they weren't the same team they've been the last couple years but you know that went overtime they ended up losing that game and so I don't know there's something about traveling that far and being in that environment that kind of uh, kind of drains you it's been proven that BYU's struggled in that way. So I like that South Florida game is another very difficult game, especially when you factor in the fact that those are back-to-back, even though there's a bye week in between. That's that's a rough stretch as well. A lot of travel. Brandon Gurney, the BYU fans want schedules. They know the independent thing is tough. They don't have league opponents to look forward to, but this is a schedule that BYU fans should get their teeth into and really be engaged in, especially if they can pull off a few wins. And October is so important because this is a stretch here that, that there are a lot of 50-50 games. The, I would say set September is 40-60. You can be underdogs in most all of those games. The next the next bunch is 50-50, and those haven't been easy. And a, lot, a couple of them on the road, that's not going to be easy. But this is a schedule that I think people want to pay for. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the better schedules BYU's had with Independence. Dare I say the best schedule? I, I think with... with just coupling name opponents with what's doable, with what you're bringing at home, I, I think this might be the best schedule BYU's had in independence. I, I think you could make that argument. Um, my biggest qualm, and, and it's my biggest qualm most years, is the November schedule. I like a season narrative. I like building up to big opponents, but who are you building up to? Liberty... UMass, yay! You know, I, I mean, at least you have San Diego State at the back end. That, that I, I think that that could generate some excitement just because of the past rivalry factor. I think San Diego State uh, has the ability to, to put forth a, a pretty decent team. I haven't really studied them that much this year, but to me, that that's that's kind of the clunker. <laughs> Locking into the bowl game, fishing out in November against those guys. It's just, oh, man, you that wish is, it could be better. It is, Jeff, called a little bit anticlimactic, but this is front-loaded. This is mm-hmm. where the stretch is, and as an independent, that's who you play when you can play them. And November is what it is, and it's been that way for a long time. 
Yeah, that's just uh, that's kind of how it is with independence, and I think we're. It wasn't know, last year. That's true. It wasn't last year. That's but, true. But that's that was, an anomaly. That was a, yeah that, aberration. So. But you know, it's it's one of those things where, and Brandon brought this up. It's it's so weird how BYU struggled at home. I don't know how they fix that, but uh, now is the time to get that fixed. And the other thing is, uh, I can't remember what exactly the record is, but Kalani's record against the you know so-called the rivals, Utah, Utah State, Boise State, has not been very good. It's time to turn that around. Kalani's got to get that figured out. A win over Utah, a win over Boise, a win over Utah State would, would mean a lot to the program. There's a lot of things in the schedule that would mean a lot to a lot of people and a lot of fans and the whole program. And it starts off, and we're getting back to it, but that Utah game, this is an important game for BYU. And it comes at a time that Utah's picked to win the Pac-12, if you can believe that. They are picked to be the winner and, and be in the Rose Bowl and perhaps be in a, uh, a national playoff team. So it comes at a time that BYU's need is great and Utah's prediction is that they are going to be very, very good. So I, I don't know how much how much should you put on this first game and if they lose the game, Jeff Call is all for naught and then you just struggle in September and drag it around. No, they, it's not all for naught, but I think uh, you, you can't underestimate how important this game is for BYU. And when we were here at Media Day uh, in June, I mean, no one was shy about talking about it. I mean, everyone, you know, whether they were asked about it or whatever, somehow Utah came up and it's a game they've been pointing to. I think after that, you know, tremendous performance through three quarters against Utah at Rice Eccles and then to collapse completely. I think from that moment on, I, it's been on the forefront of everyone's mind, uh, players and coaches and and they want to prove that they can beat Utah. They, you know, this is this streak or whatever. Um, you know, they they don't want to own that streak because a lot of those games didn't involve them. But but that's what they they're faced with, and they just want to end it in that discussion and turn things around. And and uh, again, yeah, it, it, imagine what that would mean for the fan base, for the coaching staff, for everybody if BYU could pull off that win. Brandon Gurney, it does mean a lot to BYU fans, and they're tired of losing to Utah. And uh, you, you take out a couple of blowouts here and there. The average win by Utah has been four points, I think. And BYU's had a chance in at least most of these games to win it in the last possession or the last play, and they haven't been able to do that. Uh, you can call that luck. You can call it bad luck. You can call it bounce with the ball or whatever, but there has been something missing for BYU to finish these games and to walk off the field as a victor. Do they have it now? That's been the most amazing thing about the the, the, the games is, is eight in a row, but BYU had a very good chance to win just about all of them. I, you got to make that next step, and I think it all has to do with playmaking ability. I, I think that's a huge thing that BYU's lacked in, in these final moments of games. It's just a guy that just can make plays where you can out-scheme uh, an opponent. I, I, you look at that Taysom Hill – Everyone knew Taysom Hill was going where he was. You need to out-scheme him. You need guys that just step up in key situations. An Austin Collie, uh, a guy like that where it's just like, I, I, I can make a play in this critical situation. I think that's been the main thing lacking with the BYU teams and why they haven't been able to do it against Utah. Really, really early. We haven't seen him practice. We don't know how healthy um, the quarterback Zach Wilson is. This is really, really early, but this is the first podcast and this is what we do. Let's talk about what potential wins BYU could have this season the number let's go jeff call uh i think realistically seven possibly eight that's kind of what i'm looking at 
Brandon? Seven, seven and five seems right. I, I think six and I think BYU could have a six and six year and still prove to have the best team it's had in independence uh, with this schedule. That's kind of the frustrating thing with, with the back end that BYU could be a six and six team. I, I go to that Hawaii Bowl game and still have a really good team that's not really able to prove itself at the end of the year, which I think is a, a frustrating thing. But but I, I, I do believe that this is going to be the best BYU team we've seen for a while. But I also believe that six and six is a realistic scenario. I, 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 I trend toward five. Seven and five, though it feels like a seven and five year. I would agree with both of you. I think seven and five is is reasonable. I can see a pathway that they could get eight wins and maybe get on a little bit of a run, but they could maybe kind of drag into with six wins. Does that save Kalani Sataki's job? I, I don't know. If this is the season that you make that judgment, but I would think if he's successful in September, you immediately announce that you're going to renew his contract. I think that would be a good time to do it if you come off a big win in September, uh, because you know, a lot of people say, "No, you can't do." You know, but listen, this this is recruiting. You You've got to get your coach a backing of recruiting because it's used against them. And uh, you, you point, you know, no, no shorter than just right here across the building here uh, on campus where, uh, where Dave Rose, suffering from cancer, was having opposing recruiters recruit against him because he had cancer, saying, you don't know if he's going to be your head coach. You don't know if he's going to be around. And that was used against him. The same thing's being used if you don't if you have a coach that's a lame duck without a renewed contract. Uh, recruiters come in and they swoop and they make a big deal of that. So I'm saying, if, if it seems like there's success, if there's a big win or two in September and you get a little bit of momentum, you do it right then. Am I right? Am I wrong? Jeff Cole? Oh, I, I, I've thought for a long time that if, if BYU managed to beat Utah that uh, next day, Tom Homo makes an announcement because you've got to play off that, uh, you know, that win. And and like you said, recruiters have been using that against BYU for a long time, and it can't stand. I mean, that's not gonna, that's not sustainable for that to happen. And for Kalani, for something out of his control, just to be hammered with that, it's just not fair to him. Brandon, yeah, the, that that Utah game is enormous, and, and I see this going around the state. I'm I'm now at the time of the year where I'm visiting uh, one or two high schools every day, and I ask these coaches about their top recruits and all that. And man, Utah's just making waves. I'm. I mean, at a place like Lone Peak, which is, I mean, what's Lone Peak? It's full of BYU legacy and, right. and BYU donors. That's what Lone Peak is. And, and Utah's making a lot of big waves there. And, and, and you just need to put an end to this. It's just like, we're back. And, and, but it takes beating Utah as, as being, it's building credibility that they can do something with BYU. They can go to the NFL through BYU, that, that they can play with these top programs. And that credibility is not there yet. I, I think it's coming, but it's not there, there yet. And, and you need to achieve that. And it starts with beating Utah. There you have it. That's what's on the line. Things begin this week. BYU camp, BYU football camp opens on campus in midweek, and we'll have reports uh, and a podcast uh, next week coming up with some of the details and observations that we've had. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Cougar Insider Podcast. We'd love to hear from you through email at cougarinsiders at deseretnews.com. And please subscribe or download to this podcast wherever you can find it. We're working to deliver you the most up-to-date information on BYU sports, and we'd love to have you join us as we apply on these things. Thank you very much.